we will stand as children of the promise. And we're going to look today again at how Paul instructs the church to stand. Uh, We are getting to the end of our journey through the armor of God as uh, Paul has laid it out for us here in the book of Ephesians. And so we are going to reread that section of the armor once again today uh, to be reminded of uh, why it is so necessary to put on how much of the armor? The whole armor, all of it. Uh, So we're going to reread that section and we will take up a a new piece of the armor again today in our our time of meditation. So listen again as we read uh, verses uh, 10 through 17, Ephesians 6. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic power over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all, to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Again, we will uh, give our attention today on uh, this piece of equipment uh, that Paul is talking about, the helmet of salvation. It is a protection for the mind. And that is a crucial piece, as all of them are. And you'll see, too, and maybe you have already, how how these pieces intertwine and overlap in in what they are meant to accomplish. Uh, Before we get started, I have something that I need you to remember. Uh, some of you will, will need to remember six, right, ten, right. Others of you will need to remember ten, right, four, careful, three, you're there. Got it? Okay. Have you ever stopped to consider how many different types of helmets there are? There are a bunch of them. Um, There are all kinds for for sports. There are football helmets. There are baseball helmets. There are hockey helmets. Helmets for lacrosse. uh, Helmets for use on a bike, whether it's BMX or mountain biking or long-distance bicycle racing. Uh, Helmets for motorcycles and skateboarders. Equestrian riders uh, wear those. Bull riders do these days. Whitewater rafting, there's a helmet for that. Downhill skiing, snowmobiling, and cricket has a helmet. Then there are those uh, helmets that are worn by people uh, in uh, uh, service positions. Uh, SWAT team members, construction workers, electrical workers. And as we're talking about here in our passage... Soldiers that put on a helmet. There's a reason why uh, all of these 
different uh, uh, sporting activities or uh, things you may be involved in, there's a reason why they're given helmets. Uh, because the, the head is susceptible to great injury and loss because of that. And so um, helmets are designed for, for what you're going to be engaged in. And maybe as I read those, you, you were picturing some of those, those types of helmets. Uh, there's a, there's a, uh, an image on the front of your bulletin as far as what uh, Paul was maybe talking about uh, in a soldier's helmet. This was, this was something meant to protect the head of the soldier. If you remember last week, when I talked about the shield of faith, it was, it was uh, typically a two-foot by four-foot uh, wooden, leather-wrapped, water-dipped shield that would cover, if you would hold it up, it would cover from uh, below my knees up to my face line. Put the helmet on, and now you are uh, essentially covered from head to toe because you also uh, have uh, shoes on your feet that are there to help you advance the gospel. You are a head-to-toe soldier uh, with all of its defensive armor that you need at this point. This is the last piece of defensive armor that is being talked about uh, in the armor of God. Uh, the helmet protects uh, that, that other critical area of the body. If you take a, if you take a shot to the calf, uh, that will be debilitating, uh, but it will not necessarily be life-threatening. Um, take a, a fiery dart through the chest and you have an issue. Uh, take a blow to the head and you have issues. And so Paul is not talking about making sure that you get through the football game. Uh, we, we put helmets on our, our players and all these different people because um, we want to protect them. We, we have ways of making sure that they are protected. Paul is talking about here a way to protect the Christian mind uh, in the battle because it is just as vulnerable for us to take a headshot as it is for anybody else uh, in, their, in their arena that they're in. Uh, being, being equipped with this helmet, as Paul talks about, is necessary for us. It, it's, it's, it is a crucial piece of equipment. There is so much to protect in the Christian mind. Uh, we have we have one that works against us constantly, um, whose whose primary tool, one of his one of his long standing, the longest standing tools in the devil's toolbox is to deceive you, to trick you. I can hear my grandson saying that. Are you are you, are you tricking me, Granddaddy? Uh, the devil wants to do that to you. He wants to trick you. It's what he accomplished with Eve and Adam. The enemy will try to deceive you. He wants to get into your mind and make you believe something else. He does that all the time. It is why we need a, uh, a protection for our minds. Uh, Paul talked about it. I'm going I'm to give you... If, so if you're, if you're taking notes... Uh, jot, these, jot these down and, and look at some of these contexts later on. Uh, uh, it's important for us to know where, uh, where we can um, be uh, 
directed again in our minds so that we understand uh, the, the battlefield that we're in. Uh, this isn't something that just happens out there. We are people that are meant to engage in the battle ourselves. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 11, at verse 3, I'm afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your thoughts will also be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. Same trick as in the garden. He wants to lead people astray and he'll do it in all kinds of different cunning ways to make you give your devotion somewhere else. It was what C.S. Lewis was talking about um, when, he w- when he wrote Screwtape Letters, where if you can distract them long enough with trivial things, they will take their minds off of kingdom things. You don't need to change them drastically. Just deceive them. Get them to think about something else. Use whatever way you can to get their thinking someplace else. It's one of his tactics. He's rather good at it. Uh, we, have, uh, we have a tendency to think that um, maybe we're smart enough to know uh, what we are supposed to know for... for um, being successful in God's kingdom, like we like we could write we could write the rules somehow, we could we could write out the path and the uh, the plan so that we would get through it. Uh, maybe thinking that uh, we're wise enough to do that. Paul would say again uh, in First Corinthians three at verse eighteen, let no one deceive himself. Uh, if you deceive yourself, uh, you're not listening to the right voice either. By the way. Let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you thinks he is wise in this age, let him become a fool that he may become wise. Paul, Paul likes to create this uh, um, contrasting picture all the time. For the wisdom of this world, uh, which is under the influence and the control of the enemy, the wisdom of this world is folly with God. It's nothing. It's, it's foolishness. The greatest wisdom of this world is foolishness to God. For it is written, He catches the wise in their craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise that they are futile. But the devil will try to trick you into thinking that you are wise in some way that goes against God's Word. And that would be, that would be his goal too. Not just to somehow uh, make you think uh, some other way about something else. His, his goal is to make you think differently about God Himself, about the plan of God, about the salvation that belongs uh, to us through God in Christ. He, he wants to change your minds on how things will be accomplished, how things have been established, and how things are going to be worked out in this world. Again, 1 Corinthians 6, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, he says. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, these people do not inherit the kingdom. Where, where is our world being corrupted right now? Let me lead, read the list again. Neither the sexually immoral, the idolaters, those that, that put up another 
God in God's place, some other thing to focus on other than the living God himself, nor the adulterers um, still rampant in our world, or men who practice homosexuality. All of these things are, are constantly being put out there before us, not as uh, that which is wrong, but what we have done uh, in the world's way of thinking is that all of these things are now not only acceptable because we moved away from the place where these things would have been readily seen as sin, then they moved to this place of being acceptable to the place where they are being lifted up as good, calling evil good. And that's the, that's the uh, culture of our world and day today. Uh, and uh, the hearts and minds of the generations behind us are under attack. Uh, I, I think I shared with you uh, a couple weeks ago about this student at Grand Valley. Um, when she went, when she was going to go there as a freshman, her sister said to her, "Beware of the culture there, and don't get caught up in that. Don't choose the culture." of the world that will be evident there uh, no matter where you go, no matter which university you go to uh, in the world. Even if it's Asbury, there is a, a culture there that people will get caught up in a different way. Uh, it happens at Calvin. It happens at Hope. There's all kinds of places where there is an influence there that is against the Word of God, even in places where the Word of God is being proclaimed. It, it happens everywhere. But this, this older sister said to her younger sister, when you get there, you'll have the opportunity to choose that or choose Jesus. She said, choose Jesus. It will serve you well. And it has. Um, the Spirit has been moving in this young lady's heart uh, so much so that she is just on fire. Um, she, could, she could probably be the one leading this whole revival at Asbury. She is just so convinced of what God can do in her life because she said yes to Jesus, and she wasn't going to let anything or anyone uh, tell her otherwise and believe a lie. She wasn't going to listen to the lies. She was going to listen to Jesus. But the hearts and minds of our, our young people behind us um, are the devil's playing ground. And so I'm so excited to hear uh, that the enemy is losing in so many ways. But that doesn't mean he stops. He will redouble his efforts. And he will gain ground in places where people are caught off guard. This, this uh, helmet of salvation, it is a, it is a uh, crucial piece of armor for us. Um, Proverbs, go back. Uh, the Old Testament uh, continues to play into everything that we know about God's plan and purpose, uh, his character, our own character, our need for him. Proverbs 19.21 says, Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. The mind is something that we need to make sure that we have trained on God. Proverbs 28.26, Whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool, but the one who walks in wisdom will be delivered. Jesus said in Matthew 7, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. So much of 
of what is being talked about in the New Testament, especially when you get towards the end as you, as, as you hear the writers uh, speak of the things that are happening that are going to happen as, as the time on earth draws short. Uh, beware of false prophets, those that want to take away what you should know to be true. Uh, robbing things from your mind. That's why, that's why when uh, some of you go to the doctor, what's, what's one of the first things that he says to you? What, what's the first thing that he gives you to remember? Three words, right? Remember these things. It's a gauge to see how the mind is doing. Can you remember those things? Six, right. Ten, right. Okay, good. The mind is something that is... Um, needed for us to protect. And so Paul says you need this helmet to protect your mind. It is a crucial piece of equipment for us. Uh, and, and there will be those, and there have already been those who have come into contact with people that we know that have been in churches nearby, uh, wolves in sheep's clothing trying to get your mind to believe something that is false. And, and we shouldn't fall for it, brothers and sisters. That's, that's Paul's call here as we put on the whole armor. Make sure your mind is protected. Because it will save you if you do. Jesus said again in Matthew 24, 11, many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. There is, a, there is a battleground for your mind. Um, that's why it's critical for you to believe things. Uh, the Christian experience is not just what you feel. Um, your feelings uh, can lead you astray quickly. The heart is deceptive above everything else. Um, we, we fall into these traps where... Um, uh, if it feels good, do it, right? That old, that old saying from years ago. There's, there is actually a, a Christian-labeled organization who has that as part of uh, what they put out. If it feels good, do it. It's part of God's gift for you. It's, it's frightening to think of how people are being uh, bombarded with different things uh, that are... Uh, dangerous for us. Uh, so Christ has uh, given a way to safeguard what we think and, and what we take in. I stand before you as one given to safeguard you from what is false. It, it, is, it is part of my my call to make sure that if you hear something false, I correct it with the truth. To encourage you to remain faithful to what is solid and secure and unchanging. Uh, the elders here in our church, uh, those from, from 140 years ago up until this day, have been tasked with making sure that we guard truth and that we are men of truth. Listen to what Paul says uh, to Titus about elders in the church. First, uh, in Titus, Titus 1. 
for an overseer, the elder, as, as God's steward. That means we've been given uh, and entrusted with uh, the things of God. Must be above reproach. He must not be arrogant or quick-tempered or a drunkard or violent or greedy for gain, but hospitable, a lover of good, self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. He must hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught so that he may be able to give instruction in sound doctrine and also to rebuke those who contradict it. For there are many who are insubordinate, empty talkers and deceivers, especially those of the, uncir- uh, of the circumcision party. They must be silenced. They are upsetting whole families by teaching what is shameful, for shameful gain what they ought not to teach. One of the things that Jesus stood as he, uh, we, we looked at it that way as we went through the letters to the seven churches, and I presented that as the commander-in-chief speaking to his army, represented by the, the seven churches, a, a, a complete view of the churches. Be careful that you don't follow the teachings of those people. Uh, they are there to lead you astray. And that was the rebuke sometimes. You fell for what they were teaching. And Jesus would remind us to, to guard ourselves against what is contrary to the truth. We need to protect our minds because it is under attack. Paul says in Galatians 6, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked, for whatever one sows, you will also reap. You can't think that you're going to do one thing and reap something else. As if, as if our, our uh, behavior that goes against the Word of God is not going to come back against us. Uh, it's, it should be very clear from Scripture that if you go against the Word of God, it has consequences. If you miss that, uh, please make sure you're in the Bible reading plan this year. You will remember once again. James, when we looked at the book of James, um, we were reminded to not just be hearers of the Word and so deceive yourself. It isn't enough just to hear it. We need to be doers of the Word. There, there is a combination of, of knowing what the Word of God is and doing it. That is the biblical Hebrew definition of wisdom. Knowing what's right and doing it. And so we should not just be, as James says, the ones who hear the word because the one who hears and doesn't act on it uh, is like the man who goes and stands in front of a mirror and he sees the kind of person that he is. But as soon as he turns around, he forgets because he doesn't put what he knows into action. You want to be a person of integrity, uh, hear the word of God and let's put it in action and let's do that together. Paul, in his letter to the Galatians, as he's talking to them, uh, Paul comes with some strong words when he talks about uh, what happened to them. Uh, Galatians 1, at uh, verse 6, I'm astonished that you are so quickly deserting Him who called you uh, in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but the enemy would have you believe that there is a different kind of gospel that you could uh, adhere to and be saved. Not that there is another gospel, uh, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. If you're going to have shoes on your feet ready to go out and proclaim uh, the good news that brings peace, you need to know what the good news is. And it isn't, uh, the good news isn't just, hey, if you say yes now, that's it. That's all you have to do and you'll be safe until you get there. 
That's not the gospel message. I bring you the gospel message every week. It is a, it is a gospel message. Uh, it is one that starts with accepting the free gift of salvation and continuing on in this process that brings you all the way through to transformation so that at the last moment, in the twinkling of an eye, there's only just a little bit more work that will be done in you and you will become like Christ. Uh, it is a road of sanctification where we submit ourselves to the Word of God, to the, the written and the living Word, so that we are transformed by it. It isn't the, the, the train ticket, the bus ticket, the, the plane ticket that gets you from, from here to the other side. That's not the Gospel message. You do get there as you maintain the truth, as you guard your mind so the devil doesn't steal the information that you and I have been given. It is, it is a helmet of salvation. Uh, the, more, the more the enemy can deceive people on earth in small matters, uh, it, it's, like the, it's like the frog in the boiling water. He's perfectly content. Frogs are perfectly content in the water. Um, if you threw him into boiling water, he would jump out quickly. But if you heat it up slowly, he'll meet his demise. Uh, the devil wants to trick us slowly to deceive us bit by bit and steal from us that which we should know to be true. If he does that, if he can do it in the little things, he can steal from people that haven't uh, been solid in their faith, people that don't have on the whole armor of God, and he can take from us that which we thought we were going to possess. Paul has already as he has with, with every one of the pieces here, he's, he's already been covering ground in this and what he's said. Uh, often you'll see that uh, in Paul's work, where what he says to you towards the end is what he's been covering all along. Uh, he says already there um, in chapter 4, at verse uh, 17, uh, uh, Now I say this and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They have a way of thinking that it's just utterly wrong. Uh, and they will be continually led astray in that. You, sh you shouldn't be like them, he says. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance. All, you hear all the mind things that he's talking about? The ignorance that is due them due to the hardness of their hearts. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greed, to practice every kind of impurity. But that's not the way you learned Christ. There is a way to learn about Him, information that we need to hear about Christ. Uh, our, our tradition here in the Reformed tradition has been one that has been very heavy on doctrine. Uh, we may have indeed fallen short in other ways, uh, but we have been heavy on doctrine because what you know about the kingdom, what you know about God, what you know about Christ, what you know about the Holy Spirit, what you know about His plan and His purpose for you is of utmost importance. And then what you do with that is critical as well. We learn Christ in ways that are meant to be concrete for us so that, as he says here, we can stand firm. But he said, I'm assuming that you, if that's the way you heard about Him and were taught in Him as the truth is in Jesus so that we would put off our old self, which belongs to our former manner of life, which is corrupt 
through its deceitful desires. And to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in, the, in true righteousness and holiness. You know what it says in Romans, right? Um, Romans 12. Somebody, somebody um, repeat it before I even get there. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. This one, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind by testing that you may discern what is the will of God, what is pleasing and acceptable to Him. We need to renew our minds constantly because the enemy is trying to uh, throw mud on it. He's trying to distort the Word of God. We need to be renewed in our thinking all the time and to remember what has already been said. It has already been declared. It is already true. There was that saying from years ago, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. It's not quite the right order. God said it, that settles it. I believe it. If God said it, it's true. And so that settles the matter. This is truth. This is what will guide our minds and instruct us in the Lord. First Corinthians 15. Now I would remind you, brothers and sisters, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand. Sounds like he has this idea of, of standing in the truth, uh, standing firm in a rock of Christ, standing firm in our faith, and by which you are being saved. If you hold fast the word I preached to you, otherwise you have believed in vain. And Paul, Paul reminds us that we are to maintain what we believe. Uh, remember this, he says. Uh, uh, Isaiah says this, uh, Isaiah 46. Remember this. I think, I think maybe Paul read this. He was, he was using this for his sermon this day. Uh, remember this and stand firm. Recall it to mind, you transgressors. Remember the, things, the former things of old. For I am a God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand and I will accomplish all my purpose. Peter. It's, it's all throughout Scripture, brothers and sisters, that we are to have solidified in our minds what is right and true so that no one will deceive us. Uh, the more you study the original copy of what God has said, I'm, I'm not picking versions, nothing. If you, if you hold to what has already been declared by the Word of God, and you know it to be true. And it has confirmed itself over and over, not just in what it says. It does that as well. It, it confirms itself. And it's also been proven to be true throughout history. Even prophetic things from hundreds of years before, the Word of God stands. If you will use this and, and remember this, um, there's little chance that you would be taken captive by a trick to your mind. Understanding what the will of God is uh, would, would be the defeat of the enemy 
as soon as he tries to do anything. It's what Jesus did. Yeah, uh, but it says in his word, you may, you may try to trick me in thinking that I'm understanding it incorrectly, but I say to you, that's not what the word says. That's our stance on guarding our minds. It's knowing what the truth is. It's, it's being secure in it. Peter says, Second uh, Peter 3, You therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, take care that you are not carried away with the error of lawless people and lose your own stability. We are meant to stand firm and not to lose our footing. But, but grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are to grow in His grace, that free gift. We, we need to have that uh, secure in our minds that our salvation that we hold on to was that free gift of grace and continue to grow in the knowledge of Christ. What, what His plan was, what His purpose is, what His kingdom is about. James talked about it, James 1. Uh, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted Word which is able to save your souls. And the peace of God, Paul says, which surpasses all understandings, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. What was it, Cal? Six right, ten right. Does anybody remember the other one? That was a little trickier. Ah, it's good that we write things down. Right. You know how many times in Scripture it talks about remembering? Remember. Hundreds of times it talks about remembering. Do you know why? Because we are quick to forget. You don't believe it? Reread the story of the Israelites. Remember. How did, how did God preface His covenant command uh, agreement with them, the Ten Commandments? Remember that you were slaves in Egypt and I brought you out of there. Remember that. Remember where you have come from. Jesus would say that. Remember the heights from which you have fallen. Remember. There's a reason why we remember. It will save us. What was it again? You've got to read it, don't you? That's okay. That's why the word is written down for us too. Ten steps down. Go right, four steps down. Wait, three more. You're there. Six steps down. Go right, turn again. Ten more steps. What do you do if there's an earthquake, a tornado here, and you need to get to the safest place so that you will not be destroyed in that? Remember those things. If everything is dark in here, there are six steps first and then it goes to the right and you turn and there will be ten more and you'll be in the basement. If you have to go this way, you'll go down ten steps first. You'll turn right, you'll go down four more. You're not there yet. Wait, there's still three more steps and now you're in the basement. If you know that, it can save you. That's just a, a tornado or an earthquake or something like that. Like we, we wouldn't have likely a devastating earthquake, but but some sort of uh, major destruction here, if you need to get to the basement for safety, that information can save you. Um, 
in the same way that you remembered that, wrote that down. That's what Paul needs us to remember here. Put on the helmet of salvation so that it will save you. Uh, The mind is uh, the devil's playing ground, and if you don't guard what is right and true, um, he can take away that truth and, and you and I could be lost. Remember what the Word of God says. Put on the helmet of salvation. It will protect your mind and it will guard you for the day of salvation. Amen? Amen. Father, thank You for the truth that You have given us what is true. We're going to to look at how we even uh, use that next week as we we take up this Word, as as we use this Word. But thank You that we have been given something that we can know to be absolutely true. And no one can tell us differently. We wouldn't accept it. Help us to be people of resolve that continue faithfully in the Word so that our minds are protected from the schemes of the evil one. So that we can stand firm in what we know and what we have believed to be true. Because we have that that faith that is beyond ourselves and we are of full resolve uh, in what we do here because we believe in what You have said. So help us, Father, not to get uh, caught up in the devil's lie. Do not uh, let us be uh, taken off guard by his schemes. Uh, But help us as we fasten on this this helmet of salvation uh, to protect our minds in Christ Jesus so that it would guard us. We would not be led astray by the one who will use every tactic he has against us. So thank you, Father, for all of these pieces so far, and especially today, this helmet of salvation, this protection for our mind. Uh, We give you praise uh, for providing for us the way through the battle so we can arrive safely through to the other side. We pray this in Jesus' most holy name. Amen.